Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So welcome to another episode of the Powercast. Uh, before we begin, begin, we'll get my words out. The uh, Shredinate and Sculptinate early bird sale actually ends today. This is airing on Friday. So this is going to be the last chance you're going to be able to sign up and get 33% off uh, on the 28th of February. So the last, no, nearly the last day of the month. It's 29th of February is the last day of the month this year. So um, pleasure today to have Shrednate client uh, Nick Jower on the podcast, who is on his second round of Shrednate. He did it previously last year and was a runner-up. And we actually got to go and train at Muscle Works in Orbiton, which was a pretty awesome experience. So thank you very much, Nick, and welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I, first thing I want to say is uh, you'd be mad not to join on the 28th. <laughs> Take advantage of it. I think I was an early bird, actually. I'm yeah. from Yorkshire, so, you know, I would, I would take it. You're a tight northerner. You want to save the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great program. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah, so just to give you a bit of a rundown, Nick, what's your background, your training history? Like, who are you? Where are you from? Yeah, so I think, so I'm 30, um, turned 30 in June. I think you've just also had a similar type of birthday. Traumatic experience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I am very much kind of from, well, not the same background as you, but I kind of, I've done desk work and, and that's, what, that's what I still do actually. And that's one of my challenges is to kind of overcome the fact that I do work behind a desk, um, albeit I do work at home and trying to run your kind of like gym and, get a decent nutrition life going um, whilst kind of operating a nine-to-five job, essentially. Um, and that's maybe one of the things we can talk about because I kind of feel people's pain in terms of having to go to gyms at bad times and, you know, five o'clock gyms are absolute nightmare. I am fortunate enough that I can go at lunchtime um, and I'd encourage anyone that can do that to do that because it's difficult. Um but yeah, in terms of like gym, um, I've been going to the gym since I was 20. Um, I was trying to work it out before, before I called. <laughs> I started going. Um, but yeah, I was around about 20 because I was doing a placement year uh, whilst working for a vitamin company. Um, I did that for six years. And actually, when I first went to the gym, I thought I knew what I was doing because I kind of used to go with a load of mates and, you know, no, no disrespect to them. But I think between us, we thought we knew enough Mate, isn't that so common though because i was exactly the same from probably 18 to 25 maybe yeah like the light bulb moment probably when you train with someone who actually knows what they're doing and you're like shit <laughs> a lot of wasted time i've joined a pt course because i just want to kind of extend the knowledge that's my main goal initially for it um but i think when i was like early 20s i was just doing lifting as heavy as i could but maybe just just doing the technique was wrong the biggest thing for me, and I'm sure we'll come on to it, is, is kind of setting yourself up well enough so that you can train to the best of your ability. And by that, I mean kind of new, the nutrition around it. Um, and that was the biggest learning for me on Treading 8, to be honest. It's uh, setting yourself up for success. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'd go to the gym at the end of a day, end of a working day. All right, I was early 20s, so I'd have more energy. You know, maybe you could argue that. But essentially, if you go and you haven't eaten the right things... Um, before going to the gym, you're just not going to perform as well. And that's something that I've learned in the last year and since meeting you. Um, and that's, that's a big a big part of it for me is that, um, yeah, I, I would go at the end of the day, 
I'd be fatigued. I probably wouldn't even know I was fatigued. Maybe I'd have a banana or something, but I, w- I wouldn't really be thinking about the nutrition side. I probably didn't think it was that important. Thing is, it's pivotal, really. Like you, I think. Would you say that's probably the biggest take-home point you've probably taken from everything? It's like the importance of nutrition and how timing what you eat and when makes so much difference. I've written down the biggest thing that I learned, and I've not actually put nutrition, but it's a very close second. Oh, what was it? The biggest thing I learned, and it sounds cheesy, is about consistency and patience. Yeah. Um, it's all part of the same point, but it's like consistency and patience and trusting the process, but also learning to enjoy the process. I think I'm, I'm similar to you in the sense that one of the reasons I'm doing the PT course is because I do actually want to start helping people with it. I've got a lot of mates who've asked, like, since you completed the program, how, how did you do what you did? Um, can I do it? And, you know, you can see the kind of doubts in people's minds and they kind of think, well, you did that, but you're just one of them type of people, I guess. Like people say to me, oh, you're a skinny lad, you know, you, you know you're always, you've always been in half-decent shapes, it's easy. <laughs> Find excuses or whatever. And, and actually, I just want to kind of be able to kind of share the knowledge that I now have. Yeah. Um, and, and I think one of, the, my main, one of the main points I'm trying to come on to is about trusting the process because actually you've got to be patient. And if you don't enjoy the process as well, then it's just, it's almost pointless because if you're going to go into it kind of begrudgingly going to the gym, begrudgingly eating a certain inverted commas diet, because let's be honest, one of the other learning points is the diet ain't so bad. <laughs> the nutrition yeah. is pretty tasty if you get it right. Um, you know, I've kind of learned to adapt the, the kind of plans that you've sent out and added bits of, uh, so, I mean, seasoning is a massive thing, isn't it? Let's be honest. But yeah, 100%. learning how to season things properly, learning how to cook things properly, and that that's all been part of my learning as well. So it's just like an it's almost an endless list of, of things that I've learned in the last year. I, I guess that is down to your programming credit to yourself, Charlie. I think that's the big thing that a lot of people necessarily don't don't really think is like a pivotal thing for success with this, because in reality, like the key thing that you said there, which, which was actually a word that I was about to say is process because everything is a process because yeah. you start at a certain place and you're looking to try and get to an end end goal. And the only thing that's going to get you there is a certain process. And that's what I'm here to do is to give you the process that you need to follow and just be patient with that and trust the process because it does work. And like providing you do that, you will get to the end result. And I think that's where like, a lot of these things are fairly simple and straightforward once someone's explained it to you, but having the accountability that you know that like thousands of other people have done this is exactly the same process and it is like proven to work. You know that if you just do these, say for example, five things a day, you will get to your end result. If that makes sense. If you train correctly, make sure you speak correctly, stick to the diet, don't eat loads of shit. Like you will get to the end goal. It's just a matter of time. And, and trust me when I say, you won't see it for the first two, three weeks. Some people start to see it earlier than others. I think, you know, with all due respect to some of your clients, if, you've, if they've got like a little bit more weight on them in the initial stage, they, they tend to get results quicker. Yes, you've got more to lose. It's just, just Whereas with something like myself, I'm like questioning it every week. I was like, am I changing? Am I changing? And then you kind of look from, you get to like kind of week four um, and then you look at your week form photo and you're like, Jesus, like, because you're your own worst critic, right? I mean, it's like you, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, well, no, I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. But nobody's perfect and nobody, nobody will be happy with where they are. But the great thing about the program as well is that you do have those check-ins once a week. You know, you do look at every, every single Monday, you're taking a photo. 
trying to get that best light, trying to get that best angle, but essentially it's the same photo and it's, you know, um, and it's the change that you see from, from the start to week four and then beyond is that's when it starts kicking for me really. I think that's what's, one of the things that's very interesting. So what makes a big difference actually makes you accountable to yourself because you actually taking a photo of yourself and like reviewing how do I look consciously makes you aware of your own progress, which will then have an impact on your decisions you make this week in terms of, am I going to try my best at the gym or am I going to slack off? Am I going to eat the three digestive biscuits that my mates offer me at my desk? Or am I going to say no, because I want to achieve my goal this week, if that makes sense. Ah, so you might have hit a nerve there. So actually, I think one of the other things to talk about as well is, so, you know, I completed the first program and as you know, Charlie, my f- first program was back in July. Yeah. Uh, you went on holiday, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. So it was for the, the Hollywood, uh, the Hollywood look or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> beach body look. The beach body look. Um, and you know, it proved fairly successful. I was pretty happy. Um, I went on the holiday very I say very confident. I th- it wasn't about that. It was, you know, for me, it wasn't about being able to kind of strip my stuff, so to speak. But I knew I'd achieved something. <laughs> I knew I'd achieved something, and just kind of, you know, being out and knowing that you looked half decent. And I wasn't looking for heads to turn or anything like that. I mean, I wasn't. I, I wasn't exactly where I hundred percent wanted to be because I do actually want to get a little bit bigger as well. Um, but you know, kind of enjoyed that holiday maybe a little too much. Um, from a diet, from a nutrition point of view, I mean, I was in Italy, so I was in uh, Sicily, so it was all about pizzas and pastas and ice creams and pancakes and donuts and cronuts. Stuff. Endless list of, of everything which is going to also happen next week because I'm in New York from tomorrow. Um, but <laughs> back to it, I kind of one of the things that I've been through is like I finished the shredding shredding eight in what end of August. Yeah, um, went on holiday and then kind of was really busy with like work and stuff. It sounds like an excuse, but I knew that winter was coming and I was fairly happy with how I looked. And what I did was I, I stuck to the gym as much as I could and I stuck to a, a plan as much as I could, but I was missing that kind of like guidance in terms of the training program and um, the diet plan. I was kind of like, hmm, sorry. Yeah, definitely, 100%. So I was planning my week to an extent and I was planning my nutrition to an extent, but um, I know it wasn't 100% on point. So I knew at some point I wanted to join another program, um, but I had a different goal this time. I wanted to kind of add size um, with the focus of then doing another program after that and then shredding down again. Um, I think one of my biggest takeaways from the first program was, wow, you really can achieve what you set out to, uh, what you set out to achieve if you stick to it and you are consistent. And that was the biggest thing for me because before doing it, I didn't believe in it. I thought that um, looking like shredded or looking massive or looking ripped, whatever you want to call it, was for a certain body type. It was for someone who had good genes. And actually I proved to myself that despite 10 years previous of training and eating what I thought was decent food and everything and eating loads of chicken, eating loads of veg, but not in the right quantities and not at the right times. Um, I, I never got anywhere. Whereas I got, I got further in eight weeks than I ever did in the 10 years previous. And you must've heard that a lot. And you must, you must never get bored of hearing people say that. It's, it's awesome to hear. And do you know what was very interesting you said about there was one word is uh, genetics, because you don't know how good your genetics are until you do the right things. 
Yeah, 100%. Because you can't unleash your potential unless you're, if you're like, it's like trying to put um, diesel in a Formula One car. It's just not going to happen. So like you could have like the greatest genetic potential in the world. And there's a lot of people out there who've got very good genetic potential, but they will never discover their true abilities because they're not applying the right knowledge to get them from A to B. Yeah. Just a question back to you, Charlie. What do you think the, like, how important is it? And you're probably going to say very important, but for someone to actually have a, a goal, but also how clear that goal needs to be. Because the reason I say that is because for me, I want to look a certain way, but I don't know exactly what that looks like. I know you encourage sending uh, photographs of people you were, you were aspire to look like, if you like, at the start of the program. And I've got, got that kind of idea in my head, but um, actually when it's almost like, how important is it that that goal remains? Um, and, and when can you almost get there? I don't know. Do you know what- to be frank, you will never ever achieve the goal you want because if you're a driven individual, this is quite a sad thing. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this. When you, you set a goal, once you get 80% of the way there, you'll have a new goal. Like that's the reality of life. Yeah. Um, and in, like, in my opinion, the way, the best way to keep yourself driven is you have to have goals all the time. So yeah. like whether it be for the next six to 12 weeks, I'm going to focus on getting as lean as I can, try and get my weight really tight. And then for the next six to 12 weeks after that, I'm going to try and get bigger. So I'm going to focus more on performance goals in the gym to add muscle mass and then try and use that as my main barometer of progress rather than just visually how I look, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the way I would look at things. And it's very, very important to have a constant goal or like a vision of where you want to go because what tends to happen with most people in probably happens, uh, I probably did it from 20 to 25, is that you train, you go to the gym five times a week, you have no real goal, you have no real drive, you've got no real structure, you just drift. And that's what most people will do all the time. That's why 90% of people who go to the gym will always look the same because they're just coasting along with no real plan of where they want to go. They're just sitting in the happy middle of, they go to the gym a bit, they eat a little bit, they think they're eating right, but realistically, if they wanted to get in shape, they'd need to actually be more specific about where it is they want to go and how they're going to get there. So I've got a question which might be interesting for listeners because I think it's a question that I hear a lot and it's definitely one I've still not kind of got my head around. So when you think about a shred in terms of cutting, um, for me, it's fairly straightforward. You stick to the plan 100%. um, You stick to the nutrition to the, well, pretty much to the calories as much as you can and and that is possible to do because I I did it for the eight weeks and I think that's why I got the results I did but on the flip side while I'm doing this bulk now um this is this is my accountability call now because (laughs) honestly I haven't been 100% on it uh my diet this time is there's a little bit more there's not the lenient. You wouldn't say there's the leniency because you you got you'll be saying like I need to hit all the macros and the, the kind of total calorie number to achieve what I want to achieve. But I think I've flexed it out a little bit more. Um, I mean, I sent you an update today in terms of yeah, progress, yeah. Um, and you seem fairly happy with it. But um, I think I could have done better because I had it in my head. I was like, well, I'm bulking slightly. I know I need to kind of be there or thereabouts, but. I've been less so. I've been maybe 80, 90%. And whereas last time around, I was 100% on the nutrition. So that's to be frank, you've answered your own question with that. The only person who will ever know if you gave it 110% is yourself because yeah. it's the same. The thing I'm there, Charlie, is that like, you know, I'm, 
I'm reasonably happy with how we're doing. I, you know, my benchmarks are. Don't take happiness from that because yeah. if you if if that was a sustainable and enjoyable process and it got you to the result which you said you're happy with, then that is a job well done in my opinion because it's not like you're sacrificing every other aspect of your life. Like Mrs. hates you, your job's turned to shit because you're in some horrendous diet and all you do is work out all the time. Like this is one part of your life, but it's not your entire life. And that for me is the whole ethos that I like to try and push that like this is one part of your life. It's not everything. So it's important that this doesn't necessarily take away from everything else you do and who you are. That's such a really important point. And I think that again, prior to doing the program, um, Jim was kind of like, maybe it did get slightly in the way of other aspects of life, but what it is now, it's very scheduled. Yeah. And if you can learn, and you can learn, and trust me, like the excuses people make to not go to the gym are just that, excuses. Once you've got it into a routine, um, which is possible for anyone, I don't believe, if anyone's working harder than that and, and don't have, like physically do not have the time, then they're probably in the wrong job or they're probably in the wrong thing, you know? They're probably, we should all have time to make time to go. You can't find three hours a week. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that is the minimum you can get away with. Three hours a week, you could get very good results if you set up correctly. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, I, I could guarantee, like, if you audited someone's time, have they got three hours a week where they're dicking around watching Netflix or scrolling through Facebook? There's probably, I think, the average American watches thirty hours of TV a week. Everyone's going to make sacrifices, and that's definitely been my sacrifice. I am not up to date with what's on Netflix and <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, I did watch Game of Thrones last year. That was prior to July, though. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah, just not interested. But yeah, there will be something coming up, I'm sure. I'm not saying TV is dead forever. Um, I watch, you know, to be fair, I watch my fair share of football and fair share of sport. I watch all the Six Nations and stuff. So there's time. Listen, there's time to do things. And it's like, it kind of comes on to another interesting point for me is how do you socialize? Because actually, you know, Charlie correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I see you do it is that you, you very much like pretty much teetotal when it comes to like alcohol and things. Yeah. I, I rarely drink. I probably, I was in Thailand. I had four drinks in 10 days, maybe. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I very, very rarely drink. I can't remember the last time I was like pissed to be honest with you. It was probably. But you don't miss it. That's the crazy thing. So like, yeah, I've got mates who go out fairly regularly and stuff and they kind of, they see me as like someone who like bottles going out and things. But actually, if you're, co- if you're kind of consistent with your message to people, they start to get it. Yeah, and they'll leave you alone. But what they actually will happen is they will respect you more for it and they will feel bad that they can't do what you can do. Yeah. I think because I'm that. I'm <laughs> that's, that's the reality of it. But for me, like, I, I would never miss that in a million years because like, I remember when I was my early 20s, I used to go out and benders and I'd wake up the next day and I'd feel like shit. And then I feel like shit for like three days. And you think was that four hours of on a Saturday night worth feeling like crap for three days, which then become incredibly unproductive. Um, in reality for me, that is an absolute no brainer. There's no chance that's worth it. Like, like now and then if you've got a special occasion, or you want to go enjoy yourself, you're on holiday by all means, go nuts, do whatever you want. But like on a weekly basis, it's probably a bit excessive, which is where the majority of most people go wrong. But I think, I think socially, I think that's changing a lot. I think a lot of younger people aren't drinking as much as they used to. Um, 
So I think that the, there are changes afoot, I think, with that culturally for us, I, I believe. Oh, definitely. When I was 18, it was about quantities. People would ask how many drinks you've had, how many pints have you been able to have? And it's like now, people don't ask that and people aren't in a game to do that anymore. Like, it is changing. Um, and, and actually, if you want to go out and not drink and but still be with your mates, I also believe that's possible too. I struggled with that initially with, in my mindset. I was like, well, I can't go out and meet my mates if they're all drinking and I'm not. And I think this is quite important for a lot of people because I think people want people want to want to get in shape. Probably still want to see their mate. It's also possible to get into a routine of seeing your mates and not drinking. Yeah. You know, when you're going on a path and you've got a goal and you're serious about it, you'll stick to it and you'll work around it. Okay, the important thing you said there was having a goal, and that's where everyone goes wrong. If you've got no goal, you've got no purpose to stick to anything really so if you're just drifting then you're going to go out you're going to eat kebabs you're going to get pissed because you don't really care because you haven't got any vision of where you want to go or who you want to become charlie i, I know an incredible amount of people on on the what i would call the periphery of wanting to do it but not having a, not having clarity of kind of what exactly what they want and because they don't know how to get there <laughs> they just don't do it so they kind of brush it under the carpet um, what would you say is the biggest thing that prevents people from that is, is it fear or is it fear of failure because like for me the, there's so many things in life that you can try and fail but I'd rather try to do something and then it doesn't work and then at least I have respect for myself that I've tried something rather than wondering what if what if I'd like say for, this is very very interesting we say this today because I left my job 300 like this time this day last year I walked out of my job and if I hadn't I've done this, we wouldn't be having this conversation, all this other stuff wouldn't be going on. And like, you have to have courage to go and do these things. And ultimately, what's the worst thing that happens? If, if it doesn't work, you learn from it. Have I made loads of mistakes in the last 12 months? Yeah, I've made loads. But guess what? I've learned from every single one of those. And I know not to do that again. And that becomes life experience, which you then have on for the rest of your life. I don't think you can make people choose whether they want to have that goal or not of kind of like a fitness and, and healthy lifestyle. They've either got that or they haven't. And it may, it may come after a time. It, you know, they may not have it now. They may get it in a year. They may think, suck this. I'm kind of like, I'm unfit. I'm out of shape. I, and I really want to get into this. And they then convert. But I think people look at opportunity costs and they think, well, I've got this lifestyle at the minute. And if people are happy with the lifestyle that they've got, that doesn't really involve going to the gym or they do go to the gym, but it's kind of secondary to eating whatever they want or drinking whenever they want. And they're happy. I think the key thing is about happiness and that's fine. You've got to kind of respect those people and let them be what they want to be. But I think there's a lot of people as well who do want it and would love to fit it into lifestyle. They just don't think it's realistic. And I think I'm an example of where it can be made realistic because I was doing everything I was, I was putting as much time into gym and cooking my own food as I was before the program than what I am doing now. So there's no change of time commitment there. Um, it's just, I'm doing it correctly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's what you've had a big lifestyle transformation, I think within the last 12 months. I think your mindset, I think you would agree, has shifted massively because you've probably realized the potential of what you can achieve when you dedicate yourself to something. It actually has an impact on other areas of your life. Like <coughs> you start um, breaking off the shackles, if you like, in terms of like maybe your career. Um, 
it has other impacts there. So like now I, I, I would consider myself to be um, quite entrepreneurial in some regards because when I worked in vitamins, um, I had a business development role in, in Europe um, where I had to go and open doors with new retailers and stuff. And, and now I'm kind of working for um, Ferrero looking after Morrison's. It's a little bit more safe at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I know that the kind of future me will be doing a lot more. Um, and I'm kind of getting that belief. And it's amazing that the lifestyle change and the kind of mindset change that happens on the program kind of makes those goals more seem more clearer and more achievable. It's the thing I always say is like exactly the same thing happened to me probably mid-20s when I first started to get in shape. It was almost like I could then see the layers of the world almost in like a four-dimensional concept. Like it's a very weird thing to try and explain, but you see... You can see almost the depth in life, if that makes sense, with what you can achieve when you actually look beyond the surface level of stuff. Hmm. It's a bit airy-fairy, but I have a bit of a weird mindset. That's what that is. But uh, I think it's just the confidence as well that comes from you being uh, proud of what you've achieved with yourself, and then you realize that you can then take that confidence into other aspects of your life. And I also think like people, like rightly or wrongly, it, will have massive respect for you being in shape and being a healthy individual because like people know that doesn't just happen by luck and respectfully like I I would never look down upon someone who's out of weight I always want to try and help people and that's my passion and my goal but then you also like if someone's very very much in an unhealthy position in my opinion respectfully they struggle to look after themselves uh, that's respectfully then why would you respectfully give them a million pound a year business to give them your account for example, or something like that. Like, I think you presenting yourself well, being accountable to yourself and being able to look after yourself makes you like a very presentable individual to other people like across the globe, across anything else you do, if that makes sense. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of what, what being in shape and having that mentality does to other areas of your life. Mm, people, people will have more respect for you straight away. Like, rightly or wrongly, like that being said, it's just the way of the world. And people will, uh, like, if you're a guy, for example, and you're in really good shape, you've got decent physique, you have a presence about you when you walk into a room and people will take notice of you. Uh, just for being a bigger guy, it's just the way, I guess it's like the caveman mentality of the world. Um, but it's just an interesting observation, I think. It's really, it sounds really corny and cheesy, but like, I think that is a difference to me. Like, I'm definitely not where I want to be in. I'm certainly not kind of like the size of where you are, Charlie, but um, I know I can get there. I know I can keep continuing on this path. And I think the beauty of it now, I'm so relaxed about it because I know what the right things are to do. And that's that knowledge, that unlocking of that knowledge is like the, the most powerful thing out of all of this is because you can kind of take the pressure off yourself. I, I used to, well, when I was doing the July program initially, I was like, oh, I've got eight weeks and I've got to look literally the best I ever can. Now it's about a process that's much longer than that. Um, maybe eight programs, but it's not limited to eight weeks. <laughs> but that's because you've proved to yourself that you've already done it once. And this is something I say to everyone. The same thing happened to me. The first time you get in shape is always the hardest. Once you've done it once, you know what it takes to get there again. So when, you have, so when you're on a diet and you're feeling a bit crap, you feel a bit low, like, oh, I'm hungry. Like for me, psychologically, now I start to, like, it's a bit, bit messed up. But I start to thrive on that because I'm like, Tomorrow I'm look sick. I'll have progressed loads because I'm feeling a bit tired and drained. So just like hold your hold your bottles, keep going. Like the end is in sight. Just keep going because like 
that that is that's the reality and that's why most people struggle to get in shape like in reality there's going to be days when you're slightly tired you've had a rowdy misses you want to go and eat a load of shit out of the cupboard like that is the world and people everyone has that i have that but you have to have control and have control of yourself and your own actions and what you eat and that is like that is the greatest gift of life is when you can actually control everything in your own thought processes whereas yeah. some people are very reaction based that something bad will happen they'll throw fucking everything up in the air and oh, i'm gonna go on a bender and go get pissed or do whatever it's like you have accountability and control consciously of how you feel here and now so be aware of that and take control of the situation and you can consciously decide how you react to anything so you don't have to get angry or upset about anything just be aware and then try and deal with whatever the situation is in the best light to go to get a positive reaction going forward if that makes sense that was, it's just touching on a, a question that I had for you before. Um, almost touched on it previously. Um, so if I'm in a calorie, it's, you know, this is useful to people, I guess, who are working on a calorie surplus and they're trying to build muscle. Is there more leniency on that kind of diet versus a cut? Uh, yes, to a degree. Because <laughs> you've got a, your goal is to build muscle tissue. So you have to be in some form of a calorie surplus. So providing you're not respectfully eating like a dick and swapping all your food out for pop tarts and making out 3000 calories a day from that yeah, nice, you're swapping in a carb killer protein bar twice a week or three times a week or whatever or you have an, an extra bagel or something it's not going to really make a job of difference probably you stressing out and being more anal about that will probably have more of a, a negative impact than anything yeah, that's very true that's probably the biggest thing i think I, i've taken away the last 12 months my, i actually said my instagram story that day was about like if you, I've been traveling loads the last six weeks. So I've had a few stints where I got really burnt out. So I had to take like three, four days off training. And before I'd had kittens about that. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to waste away. You lose your muscle tissue. In you reality, that, that you want to be told to do that though as well, didn't you? I'm sure you said I'm on Yeah, I, I got told by about three people who were like. You'd have been in a gym if no one was telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know the answer myself, but I have to be sometimes told by several people that like. Put yeah, the weight down. You should probably back off a bit because, like, and even I'm doing that at the moment. I'm, I'm going to now for the next probably few weeks train one day on, one day off, and drop my volume back and probably just do heavier style training because I think I've just been battering my body with super high volume training uh, for probably the last eight months. I think my body's probably just had a little bit of enough of it, um, and it's good to have a like a cyclical approach with everything you do because your body will eventually adapt to something and. For me, I'm struggling from my side of things to recover and to maintain strength or get stronger because my body's probably just a bit burnt out. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm slightly ill for my voice. So it's just being aware and then not stressing too much about things because before I'd have had kittens about not training for three, four days. But in reality, actually, the less I was training, the better I was starting to look. So that's why I'm interested to see what happens now when I drop back my training volume, probably only train four times a week which will probably pain me quite a lot. Like today was supposed to be a rest day and I ended up doing legs. So I'm starting from tomorrow. I only decided, <laughs> I only started, I only decided this yesterday. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens with that. So free up a load. Like your, like your clients, Charlie, when you have a rest day, you've got a rest day diet similar, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I will, so like talk about myself, for example, my rest day diet, my carbohydrates will drop to a hundred grams. Uh, whereas at the moment I have one training day that's uh, very high carb, that's 600. And then one, and my other training days are 250. Um, but on my rest days, I'll just do, I will go to the gym, I'll just do some cardio and abs. 
um, just to tick myself over because it's similar to yourself, Nick. Like I spend pretty much all day sitting down. Um, I work at home. I walk to the car, which is about three feet from my front door, drive to the gym, get out of the car, walk into the that's gym. Actually, that's my daily activity. Um, so that's hence why I tend to do some cardio and I get everything else pretty much delivered. So I just camp out at my desk the majority of the time. So that's why it's important for me to have some activity in terms of cardiovascular work uh, to maintain myself from a health point of view and also uh, to keep myself leaner. So what's your, your 600 gram one a day? Is that on your, is that like compound lifting days or something? <laughs> um, so what I would do is put that onto like a weaker body part. So for me, it's probably right. uh, shoulders. I, I'll probably put that. I do one session will be like shoulders, uh, shoulders, chests, like, like uh, isolated chest work and triceps uh, on this new split that I put together for myself. So I'll probably do it on that day because shoulders are probably the biggest body part I want to try and improve. Mm. Uh, other than that, logically, the other body part you would put that with would be probably legs because it's the biggest calorie demand. Um, but I haven't tried this yet because I haven't start. I only start put this together yesterday. So uh, 650 grams of carbs is quite a lot, to be fair. Uh, I'm actually, funny enough, when, we, when I was in Thailand, I was on holiday, I ended up losing weight. So I came back the lightest I've been in since I competed, it was like 92.6 kilos or something like that. Uh, too much Thai boxing, I think. But um, <laughs> doesn't always make sense, does it? No, but like it to happen with the weight. Oh mate! And literally, I didn't like normally. When I had the intentions, like I had like accountability vocally out here. I had intentions when I first went out there. I was like, when I go out there, I'm doing cardio every morning, and then I'll train in the day as well. But to be honest, when I went out there, I was pretty burnt out, and I was like, I had loads of work to do. So I was like. Like to be honest, I'm not going to do the cardio. I know I'm going to be reactive anyway. And in reality, I had no chance I needed to do the cardio anyway. I was doing like 15 to 20,000 steps a day, whereas at home I'd probably do five to 10,000. Um, and again, just being mindful of what I was eating within reason, not eating like a dick. I was just eating a lot of chicken satay, rice, grilled meats, fish. I had five alcoholic drinks in 10 days and half a banana pancake twice or three times. Um, which isn't too extravagant. And then, yeah, to be fair, that, that like, being honest with you, I, I struggle in the environment when I'm on holiday to hold myself back because I have a massive appetite. So yeah. I want to go fucking balls deep and eating like Thai food or whatever until I, I'm super full, which is why, like, say, for example, I want to go to Dubai. There I have to make myself do cardio because the food is so good. That I'd rather enjoy the food, increase my calorie output so I can enjoy it more, and if I put on a little bit of weight, it's not the end of the world. I know I can sort out when I get home. And that's something I say to all my clients, like you when you go to New York, don't stress about it because in reality, you end up being super active anyway. Um, so it's not something I'd worry about. In terms of New York, uh, I have to recommend the Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn Diner in Times Square is banging, by the way. Okay, nice. Um, I'm a big fan of a breakfast. Well, this is the thing. It's, I mean, you know, going to New York for five days... I'm, ex- I'm going to do exactly what you've just suggested. So I'm going to do work within reason. I'm going to, I'm going to take note of kind of what I'm eating um, and just be conscious of it, but it's going to be more than what my plan would be. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm going to be walking around everywhere. So my step count is going to be massive. Um, were, you, were you similar when you were there walking around? Everywhere? Oh, yeah. Massive. It was enormous. The only other thing I did there, um, I was doing cardio, I think, in the mornings every day just to tick myself over. And I think I trained twice while I was there. 
I trained with a client and then I also trained, it's funny you mentioned earlier, I thought about it straight away, is how bad it is training in the evenings at 5.30. I trained in this gym in, I think it was called Blink Fitness in Manhattan. It was the busiest gym I've ever trained in my life. Like, <laughs> it was. I was going to ask you for gym recommendations a bit. And what was that like? I mean, uh, it was all right. If you go in the day, it'd be fine. Um, it's cheap, cheerful. I imagine it's their equivalent to like pure gym, I guess. Okay. Uh, it's not it's not bad. I couldn't find any decent gyms in Manhattan, though. Uh, apparently, I can't remember who it was. Anyone who's to this podcast, send Nick a message with best gyms in Manhattan. But I, there was one someone recommended to me after I left. Maybe it was called UFC. Is there a UFC gym there, maybe? Something like that. Um, I want to try something. Yeah, I'm, I'm def- I've already booked in with the missus. I said, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going <laughs> to have a couple of hours for gym. Just need to want to try a different gym. That's an interesting point. How, how important is it to have a support network? Like, your missus very supportive? Yeah, no, she massively so. Um, and it, that is really important. Um, and it's beyond that as well. It's, it's family and friends. I think, you know, it, it takes time for people to adapt. And it's the same with my girlfriend, same with my parents same with my family and friends um that people start to get used to you being committed to something and that may mean that you know you can't do other things but again once you've got into the routine of that i find that it becomes very normal um so yeah people are very supportive and this results and things. It's, it's funny when some, some people say like, oh, you're doing too much or like, <laughs> like, like how much protein I eat in a day. It's like, that's far too much protein. And I'm like, well, actually, no, that's just, that's just my plan. <laughs> um, do, it, do, do you ever, here's a question for you. And I don't mean this uh, disrespectfully to anyone. Like, same thing. This, this drives me mental. When someone says to you, you work too much, you work too hard. And I was like, I've never, ever had someone say that to me. who's successful. No. Have you? Like anyone who owns their own business or anything like that will never say to you, you work too hard. No, absolutely not. Because anyone who is in that position, who's built their own business, has been hugely successful in anything, will understand that you will have to go through periods where you might have to sleep for fucking five hours, four hours a night and just man up and get on with it. Like I remember when it might have been your Shred and Eight program, when this first kicked off like big time, I think in like July, I was in Dubai. I was sleeping like three and a half hours a night writing all the programs to try and get them all done because like I didn't want to let anyone down. And like, I was literally, I was going to bed at like two o'clock and get up at like six o'clock in the morning, just writing programs like all night pretty much. And that's the reality. What people don't understand is that like, that's what it takes sometimes to be successful and achieve what you want in life. You have to go through phases where you have to burn the midnight oil or whatever the expression is and man up and get on with it because that's the reality. And you have to have a support network of people around you who are, happy to accept that. Some, I haven't actually mentioned it to her, but I'm obviously, I can be a bit of a pain in the ass to live with, to be fair. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a podcast with Charlotte at some point, if you'll do it, uh, to discuss about how to manage, like, not manage living with me, but like how you manage to like have a partner who is very goal-orientated and driven and can be a bit all over the place because they've got so many demands on their time and them personally because I'm very fortunate to have someone the support of that. And I, I get the impression you have the same thing as well. Oh, definitely. You know, hundred percent, me and my girlfriend are very, very much the same as that. And, you know, just one of the big changes has been, we don't eat together anymore. Yeah. Same. We never eat at the same time, but we don't eat the same things and that's fine. We've come to accept that. Um, look, there are going to be ad- adaptations to your life and they're going to have to be people around you that want to support you. I would say that if there are certain people that don't want to support you and begrudge you for it, then they're not very good friends. 
Um, and actually, these, these types of, this is the interesting thing, is that these types of processes and things that you do that do actually separate your good friends from oh. your not-so-good friends. 100%. You can suddenly find who, who values you for who you are and who just wants you to fill their day with of time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's always a very interesting analogy. And unfortunately, the reality is so often the people closest to you, the ones who will hold you back from achieving your dreams of whatever it might be because they're like... They're afraid of you leaving your job to start a new career because they're worried for you. They don't want you to go and go on a diet because they're worried you're not eating enough. Like it's all those sort of things that you'll hear that like are very, very common. And I, I see it all the time. And also something I see, which is quite a sad reality is that often in a relationship, say for example, if someone like a client starts working with me, who's a guy who starts making loads of progress it will make his partner feel um, insecure because they'll be worried about the amount of progress he's getting. Maybe he's getting attention for women. Why is he doing this? Why is he changing? And then we'll start to make them feel insecure. And then they'll start giving their partner a bad time about going to the gym or sticking to a diet. And that's something I see time and time again. I, I, I tend to make people aware of it like this can happen. So be aware of your relationship. And make it works sure. out better in the long run, doesn't it? Because oh, the, people, the people that don't want to be in your life are the people that you realize that aren't positive in your life and are not worth having in life anyway yeah exactly so you naturally separate from those types of people and then your life is better for it um and that's one thing I like about that community as well like one of the things great things about the program is the power of the community like being in part of that facebook group which i know you said before you didn't realize how big that element is like that that i never to be honest with you, that, that's probably the biggest thing that i surprised me about it and it's like like so many people i count as friends now like yourself uh, Holly Marchin, Paul Andrews, like who have all been on the podcast as well. Funny enough, like I count as friends. Paul Andrews, who's about to knock on my front door. Is he actually? Yeah. <laughs> and it, this wasn't planned, but he uh, he said, "Oh, can I pop round to yours?" Because um, he he does like band practice around where I'm. Where I'm <laughs> so, um, but, but but that's a prime example. So, would you know Paul if you had joined the program? Sorry. Would you know Paul if you hadn't joined the program? Absolutely not. And I actually, I reached out to Paul, but it's kind of like you, I wouldn't have normally reached out to people, but you know, it's in that kind of like safe, non-judgmental environment because you know, they're going through the same stuff and the kind of like, Paul is now a really good friend. Um, and we help each other. Like there's, there's no better than having someone that's like-minded to encourage you to kind of achieve the goals that you, even if you, like man and Paul's goals have never been the same. Like if you look at Paul Andrews, which I'm sure you've seen through Charlie's uh, Instagram. Um, he had a different goal to me initially because he was he had a lot of weight on, right? Yeah. yeah. Just having someone there that has a support network that kind of understands the program, understands what say what you're going through, but like each stage, you kind of you're in it together. Reassure each other. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know it's it's really been helpful. So um, that that for me is probably my something I take huge pride in is that like the ability for something like this to bring people together and create friendships and relationships from that because like i think like it blows my mind that the power of the internet social media whatever you want to call it has the ability like people say social media ruins the world people don't talk to each other but like you and me wouldn't be having this conversation you would be have paul popping around in five minutes like we wouldn't all be becoming friends and achieving goals together if it wasn't for these things absolutely I'm just texting him now saying, where are you? You can crash this. Uh, <laughs> he likes to be sent of attention, doesn't he? So He, he does very much. So um, anyone <laughs> who's on the other podcast will be well aware of that. 
But like, it, it is true that it's crazy how much of an impact positively and reassurance that can do to keep people on the rails yeah. of having that support network of other people going through the process because respectfully me as a coach like I will help people as much as I can but then I'm not not in your shoes and I'm not going to walk in the same walk as you at the same time I've been there and done that several times thousands of times but you're you won't be able to take solace and probably comfort in the same way as you would be able to say from someone like Paul as an example I mean, Paul, look at him. He's an absolute inspiration. He, he's oh. literally gone from fat dad, <laughs> we called him. He, he, he looks amazing. Um, so it's, it's really quite something. Uh, 100%, 100%. We'll start to wrap, wrap things up there then, Nick. Uh, yeah, fine. The hour mark. What, 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 opportunity. Go on, mate, sorry. You go first, you go first. I was just going to say, um, if we're going to be cheeky, just take the opportunity just to call out um, just a friend's uh, website that they're yeah, just working on. Um, it's just a guy or a group of guys that I know that have worked incredibly hard. Um, uh, I think they're doing a great job because what they're doing is they've, they've made a supplement website, um, which is kind of, I hope, will revolutionize uh, supplement protein websites. So I think at the minute, like when you look at what's out there, everything's a little bit either Amazon or it's kind of like, websites which are just like yeah you get a discounted price or whatever this website's they're trying to put a lot more into it so it's gymatomic.com um and gymatomic is it's it's a supplements website but it's going to have a lot more to it it's going to have like um educational podcasts it's going to have like bundle deals for the right kind of training program that you're on and things so there's going to be loads of stuff on there i think it'd just be worthwhile people checking it out no, 100%, 100%. 100%. Um, in terms of obviously you and your goals going forward, Nick, uh, what would be your big thing you say to anyone who's unsure? I know we obviously said before earlier in the podcast there's so many people in this world who are sitting on the fence and don't want to take action. What would you say to anyone who is afraid about te- taking the bull by the horns and trying to actually achieve something? Um, I'd probably start coaching them and say what you're afraid of and trying to get to the crux of it. Um, I'd probably start asking them loads of open questions to try and get down to the bottom of why they're not doing it. <laughs> the thing I'd ask is what's the worst that can happen? If you, if you take yeah. no action, you get no reaction. It's a bit of a corny and actually rhymed. Pretty sick rap. But um, like if, you, if, you don't, if you do nothing, you get nothing. So you, you have to change to change. That is essentially... I mean, speak, speak to people. Speak to case studies. Speak to myself. You know, I, I was someone who definitely regard myself as a fairly average guy in terms of like where I used to be, especially in terms of like shape and stuff and versus where I wanted to be and didn't believe that I could be the kind of shape that I see on Instagram. And whilst I'm not, not there, I'm certainly a lot closer than I was before. So, you know, speak to people because at the end of the day, I have limiting beliefs. I've removed those. So you can do it as well. Um, It's there. You've just got to take it and why wait 100% love that love that so if anyone else has any questions in regards to Shred Nate Sculpt any of the programs drop me a message uh, the links will be below the podcast here so if you guys want to check it out for any more information or to sign up uh, and as always please leave a five star review on the podcast I'll be picking one person at random every week to win a free price on the program uh, thank you so much for today Nick and I hope you enjoy New York thoroughly uh, and check out the Brooklyn Diner in Times Square because it's Absolutely, mate. Thanks for your time.